You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This Is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This Is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host back with another episode back at the bedford studio today uh with jesse gottman of sherpa moving talk about some stuff talk about your story uh military vet so before we get into it i want to thank you for your service on behalf of everyone listening to the podcast and myself thanks man. um i consider myself an oklahoma now and an american so so you know Indeed. all that stuff but i'm sure you've ran across some internationals probably on your on your travels in the military and i'm sure you've got some funny stories about internationals as most military guys do <laughs> running into some internationals but uh thanks for coming on the podcast and we've been trying to do this uh, and finally we found some time to do it and, and excited to share share your story and shed a light on the business that you you know you're an owner of and um i mean yeah I, before we get into it like were you, were you oklahoma born and raised Yes. Okay. I was uh, born in uh, at Mercy Hospital in OKC, and then I was raised in uh, Guthrie, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think everyone knows a little bit about Guthrie mm-hmm. to some degree. It's a lot different now, right? <laughs> I, it's cool now. Uh, <laughs> right. It <sure>. seems cool. <laughs> okay, it's cool to new people. It's probably not cool to the locals. Well, I mean, growing up there... I had a good upbringing, and yeah. Guthrie was a it, it was a good place to grow up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was, anyways. Looking back, and yeah. from everywhere I've been, and things that I observed, I mean, looking back on my childhood, it's like, yeah, Guthrie was a yeah. it's a pretty solid place to grow up. We had a good time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't know where else I would have chosen to grow up. Yeah. I mean, I've lived in New York City, and you know, looking back on the dozen years or so I spent there, I don't know if I would have want to have been raised there. Yeah, it's know. a totally different place to Guthrie, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's Seen just everything. You know, it's you know, you think you're from you know, being from a place like Guthrie you might be sheltered yeah. or whatnot. And you you are. But growing up on the streets of Manhattan too, like yeah. you might not be able to leave a three block radius of your home. And that's gonna create an environment too like right. that where you're pretty sheltered and you know, not being exposed to certain things, even though yeah. you're in like the biggest, greatest city in the world, mm-hmm. like you know, your mom and dad could still like, yeah, keep the keep the wool over your eyes. You know, that makes sense. I mean, I I, know, I for a fact wouldn't survive in New York City. Like, I just it's. I mean, I had never been there. And honestly, it scares me. <laughs> like, I'm not like that big city kind of like. Just, I mean, yeah, the thought of going there or living there, growing up there. I mean, I'm sure I'd get used to it, but like initially, it'd just be like. Oh, this is awful. I mean, I like, see some crazy but, things there. Yeah, you know? and but at the same time, it's uh, having lived there for as long as I did, mm-hmm. um, and having other experiences too in my past that I can kind of uh, compare living yeah. in New York to. Like I lived on the West Coast. I've been to Iraq. I've done this. I've done that. Yeah, and I mean, I feel quite safe in New York to be honest. I mean, unless you go up to the Bronx, right. like in Fordham area uh, 
you know, in the middle of the night, maybe not, but yeah. you know, I'm not really going to find myself up there anyways. But New York City is definitely a pretty safe place, yeah. you know, and you might take a New Yorker and stick him here and that New Yorker may not feel real safe here. Fact. Because yeah. like, you know, I've been on in-home estimates mm-hmm. here doing my, my work where the customers have got uh, a strap in their belt yeah. in their waistline. They've got a gun. Because they're worried about me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. like yeah. I don't know, like, um, what's really safe anymore. Right. And no, s- especially if you, if you yeah. do look at the news, too, if you stay current, yeah. like, what is safe anymore, really? No, that's that's a great point. Because you're right. Like, I think, you. I mean, to the point of, of being sheltered and pulling wool over your eyes, right? Like, you know, if you don't watch the news, you have no idea what's going on. But if you do, like, the stuff's actually closer to you than you think. I mean. You know? I think we heard gunshots last night. I don't yeah. know. We live over by the Paseo. My wife came in and she was like, did you hear that? And I said, no. And yeah. she was explaining to me what was going on and it sounded kind of wild, to yeah. be honest with you. Based off what she heard right. a few blocks away, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know how it is. Um, I think just uh, practicing awareness at all times is probably your best bet. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And something that from your military background, you have you know a better sense probably than most. Uh, so growing up in Guthrie then, uh, did you kind of go like you know through school there and then and you said you moved you know grew up in New York City. What time I guess did you move to New York City? Well, good question. Um, I graduated from Guthrie in two thousand one, mm-hmm. and without a lot of direction and yeah, a lot of focus. I guess you could say. I don't know. I was a mm-hmm. kid, um, and um, I, I ended up going to Rose State for yeah. a little while. I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I didn't do very well. I just, it was all mm-hmm. I could really do. So yeah. I went to Rose State and I was kind of spinning my wheels. I was young. I didn't know what to do, really. Um, 9-11 happened. Um, my intuition still didn't really equate that into us being in full-scale war two years later right. or so, something like that, um, two and a half years or something. Um, and it wasn't that astute, I guess. But um, nevertheless, I thought joining the military would be a good option for me mm-hmm. because it just things just weren't clicking here. And you yeah, know, yeah, this yeah. was also 2001. It was even less of mm-hmm. what the world has now at its fingertips. So right. you know, it was just that much harder for a guy like me to yeah, yeah. really figure out what I wanted to do. So I was like, hey, let's be a Marine. You know, let's, uh-huh. and then like, you know, not only be a Marine, like let's go into the infantry because that only made sense yeah. at the time. You know, it's like, let's pick the hardest things to do. So <laughs> that's what yeah. I chose to do. And, you know, I was naive and all of these things, but it didn't matter because mm-hmm. I needed to get out of here. Yeah. No doubt. My dad even told me, you know, he's just like, Jesse, like, you're not going to survive here very well. Right. I'd gotten a DUI already and stuff, and it just yeah. wasn't wasn't panning out, you man. You needed something to really fo- take your focus and, and yeah. like I said, get away for a bit and kind of something. grow and, and, you know, just put you in a position or in a place that, I mean, was so probably different to what you'd ever grown up in, but actually gave you some direction as well. Yes, it's just like throwing yeah. stuff to the wall to see what sticks, uh-huh. and it seemed like the military was that, and so... There I was going off to boot camp. That was like September of 2002. Yeah. And like, long story short there, like I went to boot camp. I went to school of infantry. Mm -hmm. Like 
I was on a plane yeah. going to Iraq. Yeah. Like, and Iraq and all this kind of unfolded while I was in boot camp. Like, and still, even then, my pea brain was like, oh, what's the chances of you going to war? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, come on. Right. Like, whatever. And our drill instructors are trying to scare us and reading us the newspaper and, um, Showing, telling us all these things, keeping mm-hmm. us up to date, and still just not taking it too serious. Next thing you know, I'm headed over there. You're like, wow, this is real now. Yeah, I got real. Yeah. And then, and then, um, you you're still just looking back. I just felt so naive, like until I was actually getting, like literally, until I was actually like literally getting shot at, <laughs> like yeah. for real, like no joking, like until right. I was getting shot at, I was just like, holy, yeah, because. I don't know. I was just going through the motions. Like, yeah. I was in the Marines. I can't say I was immersing myself in it mm. completely either. Right. It was that, you know. It's like, I'm just there. That's kind of what I'd always yeah, yeah, been. I'd always just kind of been there trying to find my kind of way. Like, yeah. trying stuff out. If it doesn't work, I move on and do something different. Like, that's just kind of... Right. How I've been. It's sort of how I've always been. Um, until I got older, things started, you know, sticking a little bit better. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've kind of drift. Mm-hmm. And in the Marines, that's kind of what I was doing. I was kind of drifting through the Marines. And, like, I survived a tour in Iraq and um, came back. And uh, from that, it was a long tour, too. Long, long in, like... For infantry Marine Corps standards. But they usually six months, right? It's like six or seven months yeah. for the grunts uh-huh. and the Marines. Yeah. And this was before like the rotation mm-hmm. started. Yeah. Like it was very unknown, uncharted territory. Like, yeah. you know, they sent us into Iraq and it was like, oh, hail victory. Right. You know, like yeah. six weeks later or so. And it's like, all right, what now? Right. And Basically, we held down the fort in uh, Najaf, uh-huh. which is like a southern Iraqi city. It's like predominantly Shia Muslim. Okay. And we did some forest security in Ahila, which is where Camp Babylon is. Mm-hmm. Like all the palaces and ruins, it's pretty, pretty rad, yeah. honestly, around there. It's, it's cool. You don't feel like you're in Iraq when you're in those places because they're quite nice? Yeah, the place like that, like Babylon, was cool. It's yeah. one of the... UNESCO like wonders of the world or whatever it right. is heritage site and um, I mean it was just super cool like looking back right yeah of course because I remember that was when, when we were there that was over a summer that was over the summer too and it just sucked like we wanted to be home so bad <laughs> yeah. and I remember it was like 4th of July and I was like in a fighting hall like in a it was like a it was one of our many like security posts that we mm-hmm. had of course around the perimeter and yeah. this one happened to be like a fighting hall um, with cami netting over it and mm-hmm. stuff, and yeah, that's where we spent the Fourth of July. The real stuff, right? You know, yeah. like so bored, honestly. Like wishing we were yeah. getting attacked. Yeah, for <laughs> something to excite you and get in the mix. Man. Yeah. So we're not talking about home and talking right. about like what shoes we're going to go buy when we get home at right. the mall, or like and, food that you're missing that you want to eat, or whatever. And, the, and our girlfriends and just everything yeah. else. Luckily, I didn't have a girlfriend, really, when I was in the Marines so much. Yeah. So I never dealt with that a lot, like missing the girl. Right. or Wife, family, kids, whatever. All yeah. of that. And then you see some of the more horrible things, like they're 
girlfriends cheating on them or whatnot, mm. and you know, yeah. Just, I was Hear just all I was, the stories. I was just glad to not have to deal with that because being yeah. over there was uh, just kind of hard enough as it was. Yeah. Um, but comparatively speaking, that tour I had wasn't that crazy. Mm-hmm. Got into a couple of firefights. One of them was uh, memorable. Um, yeah. Didn't lose anyone. Never experienced that. Super mm-hmm. lucky. Um, I don't have a lot of like. I don't have a lot of uh, like emotional like scarring and things from that. For very one of very few people, right? I know, and I don't. I've been to therapy for like other reasons. Yeah, you know, I do have like depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. like without having gone to war. Right. You know? And I've talked about it extensively, and I've had people tell me like well, you might have it and you just don't know it. Or a lot of people that have it think they don't have it and this and that. I'm just like, I really do not have PTSD. Right. Like, if I told you I had PTSD, I would be lying to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be looking for your sympathy. Milking it to try or and, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I just can't, I can't sit there and say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was in a couple of firefights that were scary, absolutely. Yeah. Especially the first one. And it was insane. <laughs> I mean, it mm-hmm. was it's in, indescribable yeah. fear, like literally indescribable fear. But I just feel like I it was I it was compartmentalized. Yeah. In that one instant where I was like, all right, well that happened, mm-hmm. made it through it, cool. Like yeah. I put that in my back pocket. Like I'm an adventurous soul, anyways. Right. <laughs> like, that was pretty badass. Like, <laughs> yeah. wow. To live through that and say, and then have the stories like, from it, right? It's pretty neat. And also be able to talk about it without, like you mentioned, having that PTSD or that scarring or whatever. Because, I mean, my so my brother in law did two tours. He did one in Afghanistan, one in Iraq, and I've never spoken to him about it. Uh, speaking to you, I kind of want to talk to him about it and just kind of see how his experience was. But my dad, um, my granddad w- did. He was in like Africa and stuff, doing nice. back in the day, doing some tours, yeah. and and I asked my dad about it. I said, "Did did did my granddad ever speak about it?" And he said, "Only after he'd had a few drinks. We'd never ask him. He would just start talking about it." And that was when he was like, "See, he'd he'd had either far too many, or he just it was just on his chest, and we were there to yeah, listen, right?" Probably made him feel good. To yeah, talk about I think it. Especially that's what with it was. the booze. You get a little yeah. relaxed, and um, and and I I was never I, I was never old him. enough, or you know, he was he kind of was talking about it before I was born, kind of thing. But you know, for you to be able to talk about it and not have that, you know, like so many people do. It's pretty fortunate to have that, right, and have that experience and, and talk about it and not Extremely. have that, like, memory of, you know, comrades or, or someone getting shot or whatever. You know, you, you probably you think about that time and you get probably get a kick of adrenaline in your hairs and your back of your neck go up. But it's not like, yeah. it's not like you know, yeah. so, wow, it doesn't take you to a place that, like, you know, really is bad for you and your your mental state, right? No. and Which is super fortunate. It, it was. And, and, and I'll be honest with you. Post Iraq, mm-hmm. any 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 type of trauma yeah. that I went through at all, I put myself through. Right, for sure. Yeah, but mostly was drinking. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Pre like thinking I was right had things going on and I didn't. It was just like I don't know. It's just weird. It's just like you're still young. You're still just immature thinking, anyways. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're also yeah. like, why am I here? Because I don't really well, know what I want to do. When you come, still, you come back, and then you came back, and you feel kind of like you feel kind of like a badass, sort yeah. of. But like, you've got an ego, sort of. Like, it's just kind of 
is it strange coming back feeling like that and then people back here because they can't relate they have no idea it's like yeah you have a chip on your shoulder kind yeah. of and you come back and you're like oh I'm this like combat vet and I I may have even I don't know maybe maybe like a maybe like early super right when we got back I I don't know I can't really remember specifically because mm-hmm. I, I never jumped on that PTSD bandwagon but I feel like I was definitely pushing a lot of like ego and just this residual sort of like yeah. experience from this very unique experience I just went through. Right. We all were just kind of, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but I, I think coming back with like a chip on your shoulder is probably the best, easiest, simplest yeah. way to describe uh-huh. it. Because you just kind of, you're like, yeah, I've been to Iraq. And like, I, you just wear it on your sleeve. Mm. You wear it on your sleeve. And, like, yeah. that was my identity for a long time. Right, yeah. Like, and that's probably the longest thing that you'd committed to for, so, oh, for yeah. you know, with school or whatever. Oh, 100%. You, know, up, you hit right? the nail on the head right yeah. there. Like, that was the closest thing to a commitment I'd ever come to mm-hmm. was that. And it was that. Yeah. And, you know, truthfully, and... I'd rather not get too far into it, mm-hmm. but mostly just for the sake of the length of this podcast. Um, not so much that I'm like ashamed or anything, right. but um, things didn't really work out that great, mm-hmm. like between myself and the military. And um, I ended up getting discharged. I didn't get a I, not not dishonorably. Mm-hmm. Not I'll repeat again, not dishonorably discharged. But yeah. I didn't. I was I wasn't honorably discharged and. I got out a little early because, like I was saying, like things just things weren't working out when I got home. Yeah, from yeah, there. yeah. And it was all on me. It was a hundred percent on me. So, yeah. but I made the decisions I made, and man, I do not regret them. And I'll say that again: yeah. I do not regret them whatsoever. I did serve honorably in the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. and I definitely doubled down on serving honorably in Iraq yeah, for yeah. ten months because I did and survived. And um, made some really good friends along the way. Mm-hmm. Made some good impressions along the way. I wasn't just a fly on the wall. Yeah. Um, so I definitely had some good positive experiences um, in, in the Marine Corps and things that I still carry with me dearly to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting out like it was it was kind of traumatic getting out. Yeah. But I'm glad things happened the way they did because I mean. Could be a little cliche sounding too um, presumptuous, call it what you will, but um, I could easily, easily have been killed right. um, on the second tour that I would have been on. Uh-huh. And I'm just glad <laughs> that yeah. I wasn't there for that. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad. We'll just say that. Yeah. I don't regret it. Um, and the, the choices that I made in the Marine Corps whether good or bad definitely paved the way for what my life has ended up being like Mm -hmm. which has been nothing short of amazing yeah especially for a guy from Guthrie with no college no direction right who really shouldn't have even graduated on time but uh, I had teachers that did not want to see me ever again (laughs) yeah so they just wrote some passing grades in my next to my name and Right. Got me out Get of there. Get me out of here, yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. Like, they, for real, I should have at least went to some summer school or something. Yeah. But they got me out of there, and I got myself out of there, and ended up having a pretty good ride. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's like when I 
got out of the Marines and I came back and I and I lived in Southern California mm-hmm. and was kind of bouncing around out there. I got into like some electrical work and yeah. met some people and tried to start a life in Southern California yeah. and that was a I couldn't really gain a lot of traction there mm-hmm. with that. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to Oklahoma for however long I need to go. Yeah. And get my bearing and see what's next for me. Right. So that's what I did. I moved back here and spent, I'll try to keep it short there. I basically spent about a year, about a year and a half here. Um, What year was that? That would have been around 2000 and probably five or so. 2005, 2006 here. Um, if I'm off on these timelines, pardon me. But um, I think around 2005, 2006 here, and I was at that time, I was working as an electrician apprentice in the oil field mm-hmm. for neighbors drilling. Or some, but it was electrical contractor like subbed yeah, out yeah. to neighbors, and it was that was actually really neat. And I was, you know, getting into my 20s. I was still very young in my early 20s, but I was starting to kind of gain a little bit of grasp on mm-hmm. just being responsible and accountable and, yeah. you know, making good decisions and stuff like that. Growing up... Were you committed to being an electrician at that time? Was that, or was that just a skill that you learned and you think, I'm good at this, it pays decent, let me do this? That, basically. Yeah. I was just kind of writing that Still wave. figuring out kind yeah. of what's next for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, but I, but that was working. Yeah, yeah, and of course. I've, and I've, and I've fit into that fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't say that I fit in well with the culture. Mm-hmm with my colleagues at Neighbors Drilling. Yeah. <laughs> and because, I mean, you know, I'm from Guthrie and whatnot, and <laughs> I've been exposed to funny things that yeah. people are only exposed to in the country, you know. like. Mm-hmm. But still, I knew there was, like, an outside world out there, and I knew there was culture that I wanted to learn about and immerse myself in, mm-hmm. and I'd done that a little bit in California. Yeah. And I'd come back here and... I get around some of these guys in the oil field. And they, a lot of them were great, and yeah. a handful of them weren't. And it just kind of disgusted me a little bit after a while, and I ended up quitting. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I was hurt, too. I, like, hurt my hand, too. So, like, I was out on injury. I, like, hit myself with a screwdriver, and my like, yeah. hand got infected or something. And I had to have, like, a little minor surgery. And um I was on a little bit of leave, and I woke up one morning. I w- had had stayed with a friend, and I woke up one morning, and a friend of ours called him and was looking for a friend of ours was looking for someone to drive their vehicle mm-hmm. loaded with industri- like industrial strength, like artificial turf glue, yeah, down to Monroe, Louisiana. Middle of nowhere. Yeah, down to this turfing crew <laughs> that this yeah. that our friend knew. Right, he's like friends with all these guys. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Build these football fields all over the country. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And but, um, my friend Ari, who's like, um, well, I can't, but you know, maybe Jesse can. I'll put him on the phone. And Gary's on the phone. I'm like, hey, Gary, what's up? Gary, can you do this? I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I can drive. Yeah. So 10 me, hours, 12 hours, whatever it is not? in a truck, yeah. And I got my Honda Civic, and I went over to this house or this condo somewhere, this garage with all these buckets of glue. Yeah. And this person let me in, who they had, they knew, they coordinated it all. And 
I load my Honda Civic down with this glue, and this sucker is like low rider, <laughs> and I'm cruising down the Monroe yeah. Yeah. with the glue, and um, my friend Gary, he's like, he's like, you know, these guys are cool, and like, you know, of course they're paying me for this and all yeah, this stuff, yeah. and Gary was like, I was looking for good people, like they they might want to hire you or something, and I was like, I didn't give it too much thought, it didn't turn me on, right. the sound of it. But I just didn't think much of it. I just got myself down there, and I met Brad. And um, long story short, they hired me. Yeah. And they were about finished with that field. That was a University of Louisiana Monroe. Uh-huh. I think they're like the Raging Cages. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. And they built that field, and they were like, the next field we build is for this high school up in um, right outside of Wichita, Kansas. Like, we'll start you there. Yeah. So I was like, righteous. Like, so they paid me. I spent the night. Mm-hmm. And I went back home. I was pretty excited because I was 24, something like that. Yeah. I was like 23, 24, and I'd been here for like a year and a half, and I was chomping at the bit to get for back something. out. something, yeah. Like anything, just to yeah. go, right? Just yeah. to go and um, anywhere, to do anything. And so I go up to a week later or so is when that started. They picked me up on the way up there, mm-hmm. and I ended up, Surfing with these guys for, I don't know, nine months or so, yeah, as yeah. long as that season lasted, because it's seasonal. Camp. Okay. I think they do do some work in the winter, but not really. It's not really yeah, common. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly summer, spring, summer work. But, um, man, what an experience that was. And totally unexpected, too. It, it was. And it was just what I needed. Like, yeah man it's just what I needed and you know I was kind of turning corners in life too like there was still a lot I mm-hmm. didn't know um, there was still a lot I knew I needed to know yeah I've always been you know I'm not like super like book smart but I'm all I've, uh, level of consciousness like I, I'm very self aware and mm-hmm. I know I need things and I want yeah, yeah, things yeah. and you know there are things out there that I right. know that I need in my life and education is obviously one of them mm-hmm. And not having a formal education, being educated is still very important to me. Um, so getting out and getting on this turfing crew and being able to, like, drive and fly all over the country to these different cities. Yeah, like, yeah. we were in Wichita. Not that Wichita is, like, a mecca of culture or anything. But still, it was— uh, <laughs> It was something different. It was something different. Yeah. And yeah, I actually got, a, actually got attacked in a bar there one night. <laughs> I did. I got attacked in a bar by a big football player. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very fun. But um, Salt Lake City was one, and we got to we got out to Ohio. That yeah, was yeah. fun. Um, and then we get this field to build in New York, which it which that was in Westchester. Which for mm-hmm. all of you who are not familiar with the geography of New York, mm-hmm. I'm sure you might be Mike. A little but, bit, yeah. If you heard of Westchester County, it's just the county like right north of the Bronx, like right outside of the city, yeah. like right outside of city limits. So it's the first thing you get to outside of mm-hmm. New York City. Yeah. Where you start seeing trees and normal stuff. Normal civilization. Yeah. Normal yeah. civilization. <laughs> yeah. So um, and it was like cool. And I haven't really said much about this in this in the arc of our conversation so far, but I've always been quite fascinated by New York. Mm-hmm. And that mostly starts back from when I, in junior high. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's probably, you know, 11, 12, 13. I start skateboarding. Okay. And then that starts bringing in the some. whole culture and stuff of that. That starts to bring some yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, into yeah. my into yeah. my site. And I'm like, cool. 
there's this. And I started attaching myself to things. I'm like, oh, I, li- I know I like that. I, I just started seeming like everything I really liked was from New York. Right. Just everything. The music, the, the clothing, the, yeah. just the style. Yeah. Um, especially with the skateboarding. Um, so that had always been very intriguing to me. And I went to, I remember some kid I went to high school with, he like had some family in New York and he like brought me a license plate from New York and stuff. I don't know. I've just always been really fascinated yeah. by it. And so like, now I've got my boss and I'm like 23, 24 years old. I've got my boss telling me that we're going to go to New York, yeah. like right outside of the city. I'm just like, hell yeah. Pumped. I was pretty pumped. I hadn't been there yet. And, um, we had a guy on the crew that was from here. Most of these guys are from OKC. Yeah, yeah, And he had lived in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, you know, yeah. like the hipster mecca of the world. Right. Um, he lived in Williamsburg, Brooklyn for like seven years. Yeah. And he was like, well, perfect, because I know people and we're going to go there on the weekend. You basically have a local now it's to gonna take have you around. Fun. Yeah. So, like, that's what we did. Um, we were building this field and we'd come into the city on our time off, which was kind of rare, but yeah. we made it happen. And But man, I'll tell you, like, I'll never forget the first day I went to New York yeah. and I got on the Metro North and went from Westchester down yeah. to Grand Central. And coming out in Grand Central Station, that was like the first thing I'd yeah. ever seen. And then <laughs> Unless you've seen it in the movie, right? Unless you've seen, you've seen, seen movie, it in the movie, man. Yeah. You know, Home Alone or whatever. And then, such a good, cool and, spot. And then it is. It's so amazing. And then you go to, get out of the street, and you're in Midtown, you know, 42nd Street, and you're like, holy. Yeah. And you're looking left and right, and you're just like, man, I'm here. And I knew immediately yeah. that that's what I wanted. Like, man. It, it For the just, first time probably in a long time, right? Uh, or man, maybe ever. That's the first time I, yes. Right? Ever. That it's like, this is what I want. Yeah. And it scared me, too, because I knew that, like, I didn't have a lot of money, and I didn't really have a plan or anything. But what I did have was I did have this job, and I did have a little bit of money. And I had met a woman at a bar Mm -hmm. on one of our trips to the city, of course. And we liked each other. And she ended up, um, you know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm just telling her, I'm like, I'm moving here. And she's like, oh, that's great. We, you know, we liked each other. So I was like, oh, that's extra great now. And so, like, I'm going to move to New York City, and I've got this little girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm having a hard time knowing what to call her. But I had this girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I had this girlfriend at the time. Right. And um, she uh, let me stay with her and her roommates. Yeah. It was like a loft situation in, in Bushwick, Brooklyn, very quintessential. Yeah. Like, there's like three or four people living in this loft space, and they had like the they had it divided up. They had like the partitions mm-hmm. built in, and everything. good time in that. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, it was super cool. It was so Brooklyn, and this was like 2007. Okay, like right at the end of its last era of like super coolness. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. I, 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 I got the very tail end of it. When right. it was still kind of dangerous. Right before social media. Yeah, right yeah. before social media, off, basically. Yeah. And, like, yeah. it was still kind of dangerous to walk around, like, South Williamsburg and stuff. Yeah. And, and definitely Bushwick. But um, she was nice enough and kind enough to let me stay with her and her friends mm-hmm. for a month. And what was cool, too, is I had a friend here yeah. who was in the Marine Corps, like, 10 years before me. He was just older. It was right. just friends. But he was like, I told him, I was like, hey, man, I'm moving to New York. And he was like, awesome, because I've got a friend that I served with, mm-hmm. and he does 
production work up there like yeah. uh for fashion week and all these artists and all this does all this stuff and i was like cool can you give me a job and he's like yeah sure yeah calls his friend like long story short um his friend hires me to start working on f- fashion week with them <laughs> which that was my man that's awesome i moved to new york december 10th of 2007 yeah and fashion week is in january my first day with Eric for, with that job was the day after my birthday, December 14th. I was hungover. Oh, my God. I haven't drank in five years, by the way. Congrats. So today, Thank actually. You. Yeah, today. that's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just decided to quit. But anyways, um, Eric calls me, like, on December 14th, and he's like, hey, man, you want to work today? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I just sure. got to Brooklyn. And I'm like, hour. yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like, it's money time. It's Brooklyn time. Yeah. Like, let's make some money so we can pay for this craziness. Right. So he – and that was – we were doing some remodeling work and some office in Midtown. I'll save you the explanation there. But – Fashion Week started in January. So, like, I basically, like, moved to New York and started working at Fashion Week. And, man, yeah. that was cool. That was super cool, just building runways and sets and stuff for Fashion yeah, Week. Yeah, yeah. And there's, like, models running around everywhere and these after parties and pre-parties and just all this craziness yeah, going yeah. around. And, oh, man, like, what an experience that was. But um, it was rough, though, because, like, I moved to New York City with, like, $800. Right. I moved there with eight to with with eight hundred bucks. Yeah. My Honda Civic that I couldn't figure out street parking with in the middle of the night. So I kept accruing tickets and getting my windows bashed out with people vagrants looking for things in my car that they weren't gonna find. Yeah. And I got towed once and this and that. I got rid of my car, but I moved up there with nothing basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this job that was paid like twenty bucks an hour. And that was temporary, like fashion week. Right, it was, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, that equates to about a month sure. of work. And then Eric, being the good guy that he is and was at the time, um, he strung me along as long as he could. Mm-hmm. He had other projects going on, yeah. too, that he didn't really truly need me for, that he only really needed, like, one person for. Yeah. But he just strung me along and let me go and but finally he was like man i gotta go i'm going to phoenix and right. it's winter time and yeah, I gotta, yeah. i'm leaving i made my money i'm out of here so i'm like okay cool and basically like that was winter for like the next like five or six months i'm struggling and like summer rolls around i'm like on craigslist just hustling work like yeah not I had anything a, you can find man i had a whole system built yeah. around this where i get up like my girlfriend, she would get up and go to work mm-hmm. or go to school, and I'd get up with her, like walk her to the train, come home, right. and get on Craigslist. Man, just I go, I'd have like three or four categories I, I was working between. Yeah, I'd cycle through those, and I was always like the first one to be applying for things. Right. So like that's what I was doing. I was hustling because that's what you got to do yeah, yeah, in yeah. Brooklyn. When Everyone you, else is doing it, right? You, you don't have, have anything. To be with. Yeah. I have nothing. I have yeah. no skills, really. Nothing. Yeah. And. So I, one day I'm on Craigslist and I find this ad for a moving position and um, it was worded nicely and the pay seemed pretty reasonable and lo and behold, it was really good, uh, come to find out. But um, I sent them like a resume and stuff and they even laughed at me for sending them a resume. (laughs) I was like, 
hey, that's what I do. Yeah. I, I got I to gotta win your heart and your mind. Right. So, <laughs> like, well, we saw Marine, and you were good. So this is moving, so yeah, you're probably yeah. fine. Okay, cool. Well, they call me, like, a couple days later, and, and it was the boss. And it's a small company. It's not some big, massive moving company in New York City. It's right. just a small like mom and pop shop without any kind of licenses or anything because getting licenses in New York is a massive headache and crazy. You can't even meet half the prereqs to even get them in the first place. So it's just like, we're just going to get a truck and we're just going to start moving. Like there's enough people here and enough going on. No one cares. So like that's pretty common anyways. Is that it? That would be my company okay. that I started. But I, were, I, I, I started working for a company called College Educated Movers. Yeah. It's kind of funny, right? And yeah, only yeah. half of us even were that. <laughs> but we had a Did good Did you rep. attend college once? Yes. Yes, okay, exactly. Yeah. I've done like three semesters. Right. Yeah. Uh, between Rose State Come on and down. Riverside Community College yeah. and Borough of Manhattan Community <laughs> College. So sure enough. Come on plenty down. Plenty college educated. Come on down. Move my Ikea dresser. Right. Try not to scratch it. Yeah. And we'll pay you guys and get out of here. So Brilliant. like, that's what I did. And man, it was freaking awesome. Like- I had like I had like forty dollars to my name, uh-huh. and I had rent to come up with, which I think my cut was like seven fifty or something like that. Yeah, I don't know, but I had like forty bucks. I had seven fifty to come up with. I had like a week, and I was starting to get worried. And my girlfriend is too, and she thinks I'm a loser, and uh, <laughs> and I am, and it's like rightfully so. Right, and I'm like, let's try to make some money so th- these guys hire me in the boss calls me he's like meet me in Greenwich Village this is a Saturday afternoon yeah meet me in, meet me in Greenwich Village and I was like alright I was in Williamsburg I take the train over there it didn't take me long and it was just unloading a U-Haul van that someone had driven in and it just needed to be unloaded up like six flights of stairs yeah only six flights of stairs. Only. Um, well, it didn't take that long. It only took like 30, 45 minutes to do a van. And, you know, I'm a physical guy. Like, I was in the Marines. I was an athlete. Like, yeah. I like to do things. I like to breathe hard. Um, so, like, the stairs didn't really register as sucking. Like, yeah. I, I never once was like, oh, this sucks. Like, I can't wait till this is over. This. And then if yeah. he ever calls me again, I'm going to block his number. Like, <laughs> that never crossed my mind. Yeah. So... I at least somewhere down deep was enjoyed it somewhat. Mm-hmm. And then he paid me like 60 bucks for like 30 minutes of work. And I was like, that was cool. Yeah. I wonder what that could be like if I worked all day. Right. And, you know, and he, he asked me some questions and he was like, you know, can you drive a box truck? And I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, have you ever driven one before? And I was like, yeah, like once or twice maybe. And yeah, down a like, desert road in Iraq. Yeah, down a down, <laughs> down an empty yeah. road in Mulhall. Like, yeah. like uh, he's like, well, you know, can you drive in New York? And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, if if it if you're as like if this is about work, like just count me in. Right. You know. So he's like, all right, like follow me. I follow him. Because we knocked that out, and he was like, well, since I know you can drive, I'm gonna have you do something tonight. I'm going to have you go to this street fair and pick up this street vendor stuff right. that we work for and take it to his storage unit. And I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, I'll send you all the information. I'm like, all right, okay, okay, cool. And he's like, follow me. We go to the box truck that's parked on Broadway in Soho. 
he jumps in the driver's side and I jump in the passenger side. He's driving around. He's high speed, of course. He's New Yorker. Right. And he's just like kind of little guy. He's different like, driving style to hear. Everything's different. And like everything's different. Yeah. And he's just like uh, driving. He's telling me like basically he we're in Soho. He lives in the Lower East Side, which is not far. Mm-hmm. And it's right across Houston there. And um, so about 10 minutes, he's driving himself home. Yeah. And he's going to leave the truck with me. And I'm going to drive the truck home to Williamsburg. Right. And then I'm going to come back in the city and do the street fair later. But so in this like 10 minute drive, he's just giving me the crash course of like where to go. Like, don't cross, don't, don't cross town on 14th. Don't cross town on, th- on 34th. Yeah. All this stuff. Like telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, Dave. Yeah. And um, thinking that the roads are all the same. Well, Man, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I'll tell you. I, I dropped him off. I got in the box truck, and it was like an Isuzu, like a 16-foot. So it's not even, like, huge. Right. Still, and it was, like, the cab over, so it's got, like, the flat front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty easy you to drive. You feel like if you crash, your knees are the one that's taking the brunt of the crash. Yeah, and it's just like, what <laughs> yeah. am I even going to crash? This thing right. doesn't have a front. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, it was easy to drive, and it felt good. And I'm, like, driving through Manhattan, and I'm, like, not dying, and it's, like, sweet. And I was having fun. It was very exhilarating. Right. And I drive to the... And what's even more exhilarating is, like, the fact that I can find my way home. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm not getting lost. Like, yeah. man, this is freaking cool. Yeah. And I'm, like, driving to Williamsburg. I'm, like, driving across the Williamsburg Bridge in this box truck. This diesel is loud. And it's like, man, look <laughs> the at me. the biggest thing on the road. Yeah. I am, like, working and I'm doing things in New York. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm doing things here. Wow. Yeah. I'm part of it. And I, I get home, and I'm, like, pumped, and my girlfriend's home, and she's excited. And I'm like, yeah, the truck's down there. She, like, looks out the window. She's like, oh, my God, you drove that thing? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I did. And she's like, you have to drive it back tonight? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. She's like, but that's, this is good. And, um, and I'm doing that. Long story short, he calls me back to work like the next three or four days yeah, yeah. in a row. Yeah. Full days, like full actual like apartment moves. Right. And he has got some like young guys working for him that they knew what they were doing. They they could move things yeah. and load things and deliver things, but they weren't like pros. Gotcha. But they could get us out the door and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I'm just observing. I'm a quick learner and I'm like, all right, cool. These guys are showing me what to do and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, next thing you know, like Three four days later, I've got like I've got like fifteen hundred bucks cash. Yeah, and I'm like Man. rolling in it. I'm like sweet, my life is changing right before my very eyes. Yeah, like literally, my life changed in about three or four days, going from forty to fifteen sixteen hundred bucks cash yeah. because this guy didn't take any credit card or checks. It was yeah, cash yeah. only. Like there's no payroll. Right. I mean, I'll stop yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But like. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. It was yeah. cash in hand at the end of the day, every day. Mm-hmm. and Not waiting for two weeks for a paycheck could, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And like I said, three or four days, $1,400, dollars $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, like do the math. Yeah. Like these weren't small sums of money right. that I was getting paid at the end of the day mm-hmm. just for moving some furniture yeah. around town. The danger part is what you do with that cash in your back pocket at the end of the day, right? Man, twenty six years New York. old in Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, like let's go. Right. To, let's go to the record store. Yeah. Here's then, rent. Rent's covered. Yeah. Now let's go enjoy. Rent's covered. Yeah. We're gonna make it back the next day. Yeah. Because that was what was cool about that job. You already had a next day lined up. It was. Yeah. It was just that. It was a yeah. cycle, right? Yeah. And then it's like uh, seasonal. So, um, 
in the winter is not all crazy. You could yeah, do yeah. things. And what so what happened was is like I ended up meeting what became like my bestest, closest, mm-hmm. most wonderful friends ever yeah. that worked for this company. Really basically, man, they were every they kind of embodied what I wanted mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Like they were cool, they were educated, mm-hmm. they were hip yeah like they just they were sad in the place you wanted to be living they, in they just yeah. knew what the hell was going on a lot of them yeah. a lot of them were from minneapolis just you know bigger cities sure yeah know, yeah um with more going on mm-hmm. um you know just stuff like that and like lots of music of course i'm, I'm i've been obsessed with music right. since i was a child and like you know i've started meeting some guys that i have a lot in common with musically so yeah, like yeah, now yeah. we're just like we're going to shows and it's all about the music and the social and you're life. in the best place in the world for it as well i mean it was amazing and yeah. then one of them in particular he was like he's like what are you doing this winter and i'm like i don't know smoking weed yeah <laughs> he's trying to like, figure out what I'm doing tomorrow first. I don't know yeah. and he was like well I'm going to I'm going to Southeast Asia for three months and I'm like sweet <laughs> like yeah. that sounds nice yeah. for three months and he was like all you gotta do is save <laughs> it's like this is how Mike right. talks too good yeah. old Mike all you gotta do is save and so I'm like alright that sounds cool so my friend Mike actually he's like he starts teaching me basically about backpacking and traveling and stuff yeah. and like that's where I, I pick that up and I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty smart. I'm going to save my money all summer long and then go on a trip somewhere for yeah. an extended amount of time. That sounds. And then you realize how cheap it is out there, too. And then you too, realize right? how cheap it is out yeah. there, you know. And how easy and, it is to travel. And how easy it is to travel. Right. You're hitting the nails on the head, man. Yeah, like, yeah. you do. You realize that all this is so easy. You're like, yeah. everyone's so mystified. Like, how can you spend, like, how do you do They look this? at the, the expense to fly yeah. out there, and then they they, they can't get past that, right? I know that. When you look at, that's where your biggest expense, right? Once you're there, Once you're, you're there, there, right? Like, I mean, I mean if you're in Ecuador, yeah. if you're in Nicaragua, if you're in Indonesia, if you're mm-hmm. in Vietnam, like, oh, man, these places are insanely yeah. inexpensive, so cheap and amazing, and so much to do. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a matter of, like, you got. I've got my passport, I've got a plane ticket, and... I got a yeah a very very loose itinerary. It's like yes, it requires money and time. Right. And it's like, how do I get that if I've got a nine to five? And it's like, well, I don't know. Quit your nine to five. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure it out. I don't know. Like yeah. if that's what you really want. But I knew the traveling was my calling, mm-hmm. and that's like really what I wanted to do. So the like the very like the first trip I took, uh, I went to Norway. Yeah. For a couple of weeks. And I went there specifically to a black metal festival. Okay. Because I'm really into metal. I yeah. love metal. And I've... Norway's like the home of it, right? to Norway <laughs> yeah. to see some black metal. <laughs> right. So there was like this black metal festival. And I was like, let's go to Norway. And that sounded cool. Norway's super expensive. And it's not a place that you're going to spend a right. ton of time and spend all the money it would require but to... But you ticked it, ticked it off the list going to this festival, right? Yeah. If you're going to go, you're going to do it right. Well, and what was cool was it's like, you know... You try to be resourceful, traveler, you always, you know, you're typically on a shoestring budget yeah. of some kind. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to get on that mm-hmm. couch surfing. Though I don't know if it's still around anymore, but it was like couchsurfing.org. Yeah. I got on couchsurfing.org and I like stayed with some dudes and they were super cool. They were like metalheads. So yeah, just smoked hash and played FIFA soccer the whole time because it just rained anyways right. in Bergen, Norway. It yeah, just yeah, yeah. rained off and on the entire time. This was August. Yeah, It was beautiful and it was great. And it was an amazing trip. And I came back and then worked and worked and worked and worked for months. And then 
I was like, it's time to go somewhere else. And then I was like, I want to go to Panama for three weeks. Mm-hmm. I went to Panama for three weeks, and that was insanely nice, like surfing and climbing volcanoes and stuff. And But that's where I, like, met some other backpackers, and they'd been traveling for months and yeah. months. And I was like, man. I was like... I want to go out for a long time. Yeah. So like, that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to go home after these three weeks and I'm going to get real serious about saving up. Yeah. And it's like summer's right around the corner. I went to Panama. That was like February. So mm-hmm. like, it was like March moving season's coming. So yeah. it's about to get really busy. So basically long story short, like eight months I saved Yeah. like religiously cut back on my drinking like wasn't eating out saving because I was I wanted something I was driven I was focused I was goal oriented I wanted this I ended up saving like I don't know I ended up saving like 15, 20 grand something like that in about 8 months and um, just got a one way ticket to Guatemala and stayed gone for like that's probably like nine months. Yeah. Eight, nine months. And I started in Guatemala. And like, if you know that geography, I just traveled south through all of the Central American countries, like yeah. overland, just buses crossing the borders on foot and yeah. got to Panama. And that was a second. And then by the time um, I got to Panama, that was the second time I'd been to Panama that year because I'd been to Panama right. already in February. And now... Yeah, yeah. I had been to Panama in February that year and then, you know, came home, stayed for eight months, mm-hmm. traveled through Central America. Panama's at the bottom of Central America, so that was December. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then flew to Colombia when it was time to go to South America. I was just traveling south. I was just yeah, going yeah. south. No, just with, you know, like just I said. Just south. Yeah, just having a great time. Yeah, right. Man, just south, just doing. Like, Were you working along this way just picking up or just like you had the money you'd, you'd already worked hard enough for it yep. you saved up to yep. totally go and not have to that. worry about it yep I had those I nice. had that like 15 grand or whatever yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was you know I'm super budgeted out I'm right you know everything's cheap already but it's like I'm eating the uh the local meal you know just yeah, the, yeah, yeah. uh comida typical or whatever just the mm-hmm. uh, regular meals just yeah. everything cheap and then staying in hostels and the dormitory where mm-hmm. not the private rooms and right yeah and then yeah, like cook, going to the grocery stores and cooking right. spaghetti in the in the hostel, doing the backpacker life, man. Yeah, just trying to stay gone, just trying to. And then any any type of money I was spending was on like scuba licensing experiences. It was on experiences, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. all about like shoestring and the. Accommodations. The essentials, yeah, and then you know, spending on the experiences. Like, yeah, like let's eat pasta yeah. and stay in a bunk bed, but let's go get our. Right. Diving licenses or advanced courses. Like, yeah. let's go climb everything we see that we yeah, want to get yeah. on top of. Like, let's surf everything. But, you know, and the, you know, buses are super cheap. Right. So we weren't, like, flying everywhere. Yeah. You take you take. Well, you want to see the country, too. And which is great. Yeah. Sometimes those buses can get pretty grueling. Like, hey, man. Over the, edge of a, over the edge of a, um, oh, yeah, like Columbia the roads that they crazy. take. And the, yeah. The, Columbia is crazy. the side of a mountain. Yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Columbia is nuts. Like, Columbia is huge. And it's got all the death-defying, like, windy roads, mm-hmm. the cliffs, the sheer drops, and the your bus, your bus, all the buses pass each other, and buses are, you know, any given day in yeah. South in Latin America, Central or South America, yeah. you get a front page newspaper, like the front page of any like 
right. newspaper, there's a decent chance there's going to be a bus crash on the front. That's falling off the side of a cliff or something. Because, man, it just happens all the time. Yeah. Because these bus drivers, like, don't sleep. They pass every vehicle yeah. around every corner. Like, Insane. it's crazy. And then you might be on the bus for a day or a couple of days, yeah. and that sucks. You might have got stuck at the the very back next to the bathroom, oh, and no which good. stinks, and, yeah. the, and that seat doesn't recline. And you've been on this bus for two days, and there's people in the freaking That's aisles. That's me, yeah. Like, ah, oh, it's terrible. Yeah. But time and place for that. You've got to, sure. you know. You're young, I was right? 20, yeah. God, I mean, you're I doing it now. Yeah, no I was 27. I was 27. Yeah. And then I get to um, I get to Columbia, and down there on, in like, outside of Santa Marta, like, up in the hills in this place called Minka. Yeah. It's so amazing. And we were staying at this, basically a coffee finca up on the side of this mountain. Mm-hmm. This German guy with this Colombian family had a beautiful property. His name was Chris. The place was called San Susi, and I don't think it's there anymore. So anyone that's yeah. out there knows what San Susi is and Colombia and Minka is, knows, knows of a very special place. Yeah, yeah. But there's a waterfall up the road that you've got to take a motorbike up to. And I was up there one day. There's a rope swing, the waterfall, and we are doing that. And I guess I swung myself out too far and got into some shallow water, but ended up breaking my ankle. Oh, nice. So I break my not, what you, was. Not, was not what you want in a different country, right? Man, not on this mountain either. Yeah. And you're like, damn. And you're like stuck out here. Like, okay, right. like you get dropped off at the waterfall and yeah. like you're not getting good luck. Like you <laughs> unless you start walking, but basically what happens generally yeah. and it's common and it's kind of the way it works is you just wait for another motorbike to come up there with someone yeah. and then you take that back. Gotcha. Well, we were the only ones there and it was a slow ass day and it's like, of course, like no one's coming up <laughs> Typical here. Typical timing. I'm like yeah. laying, I'm like laying on a rock, like dying. Yeah. And finally this motorbike comes up and he brings me down to San Susi and then from there, Chris was like, man, are you sure it's broke? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> it, I silent. promise you yeah. it's broken. And it, I was like, call a cab. So he's like, calls a cab. Yeah. It comes up to San Susi. And then because Minka's like, everything's up. <laughs> so like everything's right. up. Yeah. Minka's already up and then everything's up from Minka. So like I'm going down now from San Susi down to the ER, down into Santa Marta off the mountain, which is like, it takes me all in all from yeah. the waterfall to the ER was like an hour and a half. Okay. Give or take. Yeah. They put me in a cast, like a full plaster cast, like up to my knee and send me back up to San Susi. So I'm like, shit, I um, got this broken ankle. And I'm like, thinking about going back home. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go home. There's no point right. going home for what? I'm already here. And then I'm broken. I just rehab. And San Susi was amazing. And I was like sleeping in my tent already Damn. on a soccer pitch in the back. Yeah. M- massive soccer pitch. It was really cool. You wake up. Well, they love up. soccer down there, don't they? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> it is their religion. That is their religion. Yeah. And, like, the kids play it, everybody. Um, but I woke up every morning in that tent with two cans flying over my head, and it was just, like, paradise. And the side of the mountain, you could see Santa Marta Bay, so the ocean's out there, too. Yeah. And it's just perfect. But I ended up spending a couple of months there with this, yeah. with this leg, and I'm like... 
I'm, you know, I'm already a big reader, but it really gave me a chance to read a lot. So I, yeah, I read yeah. a lot, and I'm just kind of with my thoughts every day, which you already kind of are when you're traveling out there like that. Oftentimes, yeah. you're just so. It's just yeah, you, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you're just being. You're yeah. just you, and that's it. Well, that was really going no on No distractions. Here. I mean, just, yeah. that was really going on here mm-hmm. with this. And um, that's kind of when, though, that's when I was kind of like, trying to figure out my next move too because right. I had been in moving already for this college educated mover company yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'd been working for them for like three or four years already yeah and you know I knew and my you know my colleagues and I would talk about it too especially my friend Mike and um, you know, we knew it wasn't going to last forever yeah yeah, yeah. It seasonal was like, job stuff it was just and it was like all the cash and just the stuff that like the lack of right. some like administrative stuff within the company like we yeah, just yeah. knew this just wasn't going to last very long like so I was kind of you know I, I was well, I was interested in other things mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly how to like yeah put my foot in and drive things into fruition of these right. things that I was dabbling around in that I liked for like 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 the the stock market like precious yeah. metals stuff like that you know it's like oh, I would love to start like playing with this stuff right yeah. but I'm like but you know like what what could possibly like what could what could what could yield me the best quickest outcome right now and that would be for me to go back to New York after this trip and to start a moving company of my own yeah and I was like man that's probably the best thing for me to do and I'd already known before then that if I ever had a moving company yeah. that I would hire veterans right and call it veteran movers because that just made sense to me sure a lot of move a lot of movers when you're sitting in a moving truck crossing town you sit there and you're like hey yeah like if this was my company this is what this is what I would do right yeah. a lot of movers do that yeah. especially if you already work for a company that's kind of got a niche kind of brand mm-hmm. like college educated like what yeah. kind of silly name would I name my company right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. well mine was veteran movers because I was like I mean that just makes sense to me your doorbell rings and you get some veterans showing yeah. up you know who you're calling like you know what you're looking for yeah. right so I was like alright cool well I'm gonna finish out this trip though because I wasn't done mm-hmm. and that cast was gonna come off and when it did um got on the next bus to Ecuador, yeah. which was a couple of long days on the bus <laughs> yeah. after all of Looking that. Looking back now, you're like, how have I done that? I'm like, telling how you, there'd just be stuff. no way. It's yeah. be like, dude, just get on a plane. Yeah. Crazy nut. But that is how you see the country, so it's yeah, freaking yeah, amazing. Course. Like, seeing the countryside of Ecuador and the Andes is yeah. stupid. Like, especially to get your headphones on, you listen to your favorite music, or yeah, yeah. you got a book, and you're on this bus, and you're just like, this is where I am, and this is what I'm doing. Right. And I don't know too many other people like me that are. Yeah. So oh, that have now done it. Or, yeah. So here I am. Yeah. But I make it out to Ecuador, and I wanted to do two things in Ecuador. I wanted to surf, yeah. and I wanted to climb. Mm-hmm. So... I went to the coast first. The coast was incredible. That's where I was like, I want to live here. Yeah. And I'm going to use, I literally was like, I want to live here. So I'm always thinking about this stuff. I wanted to, because see, remember, like rewind just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm in Panama for three little weeks and I meet some travelers who had been out for a long time. I keep progressing as to what I want. And so now I'm, 
I've been traveling in South. I'm doing this extended thing. So I'm like, well, what's next? I want to live down here. Right. That's where my mind started going. It's like, man, now I want to live down here. Damn. Like, it's just on top of me. Feels comfortable, yeah. It's really, and it's, I want it so bad. Yeah. So I'm like, but I need real money to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, not the vacation money. I needed the need expat sustainable money. money. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's yeah. expat. Like, yeah. let's do this. So it's like, all right, well, I'm going to go start this moving company because, like, I know what to do. Yeah. I at least learned enough from college-educated movers to, like— I can set it up. Yeah. Book some moves and start getting some moves yeah. going. Boy, did I have a lot to learn. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Veteran Movers was turned into, like, a real company. Yeah. And where I, like I did have my licenses, I was fully insured. I ha- I was being yeah. um, regulated by the New York State Department of Transportation, and oh my God, that's not fun. Like <laughs> having like steps up to the big time. I mean, I'm telling you, you've got to have like three or four different paper forms for yeah. each move, and then they come in, the, the DOT will come in and audit you and make sure you've got all these things, and oh my God, it sucks. And running running a business in New York is just a lot. Yeah, I mean, if you can run a business in New York, you can run a business anywhere, right? <sighs> yeah, and you're still going to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. But um, that ended up being cool, though. Like, you know, I finished up that trip. I finished up that trip and came home and bought a moving truck mm-hmm. with a friend of mine Yeah, who four weeks later decided that he didn't want to be a part of the company. Okay. Still wanted to be my friend, but didn't want to be a part so of that company because he wasn't a vet. Ah, uh, okay. And he kind of got into his head about that. Sure. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, I wish he would have stayed. I'm kind of glad he didn't because that would have well, yeah. diminished right. things. But, you know... Nevertheless, still one of my best friends. I was talking yeah. to him this morning. He lives in Hawaii. and He's um, doing just fine. <laughs> he's doing just fine. And he's <laughs> yeah. an entrepreneur. He's yeah. done so many cool cool things. Um, he's I look up to him, to be honest with you. But anyways, I bought him out, and which buying him out was just his other half of the truck, basically, at that time. Yeah. And Because I bought him out, and I don't even think we had a website yet, and I, I ended up doing all that on my own after that. So... Um, I bought him out and I mean I just spent the next like year building that company and then it seemed like overnight it blew up about a year later I started it what that was that was like 2011 uh-huh. and um that was in like 2011 in, in July which is towards the end of July too which you're kind of starting to get into yeah, yeah, yeah. you're getting close to the off season you're still uh-huh. it's still very much summer but you know Labor Day's around the corner and yeah, it's going to yeah. kind of fall off after that you're trying to figure out what to do next so I didn't have a ton of season when I very first started that company and I you know it was a struggle of course and then the next going into the next spring though and that summer that's when it started really picking up yeah in that first year and um, had a salesman. I had a handful of movers and all these things were going on. And um, man, if you would have been like, do you have your unemployment uh, tax paperwork submitted? (laughs) I've been like, unemployment tax, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? 
okay you know like do you have your payroll set up we're like yeah i'm paying my people what do you mean yeah you know like your payroll are you paying payroll taxes yeah you know trust fund taxes like, right. do you understand what these things are and it's like no i don't you yeah. know and so that took some time right. to like pick all that up and build that in and i'm learning and i'm yeah. making mistakes and i'm learning from them and i'm building this company and i pretty much started this company on like the sole premise that I was going to like start this company, like save my money, like make and save, accumulate mm -hmm. money so I can like move to Ecuador. Yeah. Basically. Right. Well, like long story short, I just didn't do that. Yeah. Like I just, once that company took off, like I just had basically no choice but to deviate from that. Right. Cause this company took off and it's like, I've got this company and I am making money. Yeah. It took me a little bit to make money, but not, it didn't take very long right. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Compared to, especially compared to other industries and other businesses that you can get in that take a long time before you see any kind of money. But um, this company started doing well pretty quickly. And yeah. it wasn't something that I could just obviously like drop. But. I didn't have a long-term vision for it, mm -hmm. and that's that's really kind of what caught up to me. I yeah. feel like was just that, just lack of long-term vision. Like I ended up running the company for seven years, six, seven years, and um, it was amazing. I would take long vacations yeah. every, every year. Right, I'd go. I think like the I think the shortest trip I took the entire time I owned that company was like a month. Yeah. It was like four weeks. I went to Belize. For There's four. a lot of people listening who yeah. resent you right now oh, because they want to do the same. Well, start a business. You can do whatever well, you want. Well, yeah. it's not, yeah. Well, you have a seasonal S business Start a business, too. get yeah. some seasonal work. Figure, well, just figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. You know, you got to make some, you got to have some passive income coming yeah. in from somewhere to be able to do ha. stuff or to be able to work remote. Right. If you can work remote, Games. You can do a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, and that's a, that's one cool thing about moving is like, because for the majority of maybe actually I wouldn't say the majority, about half the time I owned veteran movers in New York, I yeah. lived in the Catskills okay. in the mountains, yeah. two, two and a half hours away in a cabin yeah. that I rented. And I didn't live in the city at all for two and a half years. Because you just ran everything from there. Yeah. I just ran it from this yeah. place in the mountains I was living in by myself. Yeah. With my bike and my hiking boots. How do you connect that to coming back home and starting what you have now? Well, um, it was time to leave New York. Yeah. And um, truthfully, I wanted to get into cannabis here. Yeah. Um, and my wife is from New York. And we both were just kind of feeling kind of burnout. Uh -huh. I'd sold my business. Yeah. And... Um, I sold my business and it was just kind of like, I don't want to do anything else here. Yeah. It had been 12 years and it's been kind of getting on top of me a little bit. I was kind of ready to go somewhere new. And then you see the industries coming here and all the laws are different and mm -hmm. compared to where you were and the ability to do what, it was whatever. Easy. It was easy. A lot, I mean, it seems a lot easier than any other state, right? It is. And, but still, I just... But you're probably fighting that fact to come home, right? It's like, oh, Oklahoma, really? Of all the places I've been? Man, you say that and people... People say that all the time. You yeah. assume that often. But man, I was I was ready to come home. Yeah. I was. That's I, good. My, well, my family's here. And uh, 
Sure. There's not. There's not. A, there's not a ton to do here. Yeah. At least. But I guess something excited you to come home, and that was the cannabis. Well, business. it was cannabis, and I like the. I don't like all of the culture here, but yeah. I, I kind of I like the laid back. Kind of vibe. Here. Right. It's not tons of culture going on. There is, but it's very specific. Pockets. And yeah. there's pockets of it, and that's okay, because um, I'm in the pocket. Yeah. And um, but. Coming here though was easy for me. It wasn't. It, it was easy for my wife too. She probably had the most culture shock though. Probably about six months or so after we got here, after the yeah. excitement kind of wore away, and she's like, "Oh shit! <laughs> like, where's all my, all, where's all my amenities?" Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh well, those are not. You know, it's not. It's not like that. <laughs> not you know? the same. And but um, but we've really. I mean, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love it. Well, it's and cool. I guess so. So you coming here to get into the cannabis industry, but you already you think I, I mean I'm going to do what I know anyway. Well, kind of start. I put some. I tried to. I was you know I was like trying to get a toehold in on something like with the cannabis industry. Yeah. But the kind of the harder I pushed into that, the more I saw that I didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, on a business level, anyways, at least not at that time. It was very right when it started. Mm-hmm. Right when it started, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to let these guys do this. I was like, I'm going to use my expertise yeah. in moving, boutique, like mm-hmm. white glove moving yeah. here. Yeah. Everything I know that I learned in New York that I think would probably set me apart from everyone else, like, I'm yeah. going to do that here. And, um, it just seemed like it seemed like the best thing. Well, and there's you see, like a no brainer. You saw a pocket for it too, right? Yeah, an opportunity to, to like you said do the white glove, something different, and something provide different. a service that that is needed, and then above you're just your average. I'm gonna come pick up something for you. I might ding a few things, but we're just gonna have to deal with it. I mean, right? that's pretty much what moving is. Yeah. So, you know, I just come from a place where, and I come from a place and a mentality where, like, you just, like, customer service cannot be compromised at any level. And you've, again, you've got to stand out, like in New York, right? Like, everyone's a white glove mover in New York. Like, everyone's telling you they're going to wrap every single piece of furniture you have in New York. And everyone will, you know? Yeah. But like, it's just who's going to do it better? Yeah. So you get you get this real kind of vicious sort of um, innovation yeah. mindset to where you're just like, I want to just keep improving and doing mm-hmm. better and like figuring this out. Yeah, you know. So that's like what I spend a lot of time doing. And I have you know I have mentors that teach me things. You know, like the right. person that bought my company from me. We were already colleagues yeah. and friends like well before that. And when I was ready to get out of the business, when I was just like, because I had, man, I'd moved my office from Brooklyn to the Bronx thinking that I was going to save money and get more space and all yeah. this stuff. And it was just a very short-sighted decision. And it basically, I pulled I pulled the rug out from underneath my own yeah, legs yeah, when yeah. I did that. I mean, it's one of the worst business decisions I've ever made. Right. Do not, hey, business owners out there, do not underestimate the power of relocating your office yeah just i didn't know that <laughs> yeah well, you but, know it now right you, you know it now it and now. it is kind of like duh like what do you expect like <laughs> these people are not going to go to the bronx to work for you right you know 
And it's like, well, I do kind of expect that a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I like to have my expectations in a good, healthy place always. <laughs> um, but you know, I do expect some, I don't know, some level of loyalty, some right. level of understanding, some level of sacrifice, you know. And I did get that from half of them. Yeah. And then the other half went away, and then I got basically replacing them with more like subpar or like lower quality kind of movers because I'm like now in the Bronx. So I'm like finding people from that live in the Bronx that live in upper Manhattan. Yeah. And these just sometimes are not like the best like character. They don't have the best like character qualities you're looking for. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So finally, just things just got. Things just got too difficult, honestly. Yeah. Things just got too difficult for to make any to make sense anymore. You know when things get so hard, you're like, all right, like I'm done. Like this doesn't make sense anymore. So like I'm just right. this is it. This is it. It's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over. No big no no big deal. Like, it's well, over. And, and like I think like from your story, right? You, you've always kind of gone to, you know, it's not like there's never. A, in the, listening to you chat, there's nothing in there that thinks there's a moment where it's like, wow, what am I going to do now? Like, I'm freaking out. I don't know what's next. It's like, no, we'll figure it out and we'll do this and we'll transition and we'll do that. And then, you know, you just kind of like, what do I want to do? I mean, it may not, it, you know what I mean? And it may not be always so easy well, going. Yeah, it might be a very stressful process, yeah. but that is 100% correct. But it comes from, I'm going to figure it out. I'm Let's go do what it I out, want, right? I'm going to do what than, I want. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I I, th- I, th- I strive and thrive on, on having and attaining freedom. Yeah. You know, like real freedom. Freedom that a lot of people don't even know exists because they just don't understand what it feels like. I think they're probably afraid of it too, right? To some degree. Afraid absolutely. of the unknown, I guess. Afraid of the unknown and business ownership is definitely that. Yeah. You know, traveling to a foreign country is definitely that. Right. You know, trying something new is always could be always a little bit scary yeah but like how are you ever gonna learn and grow and experience things without that yeah that's not important to everybody either yeah true and people like i mean my wife wants that like steady nine to five like she wants that structure i want to love you just i don't (laughs) i mean and that's understandable and my you know i think my wife too probably prefers that she yeah. wants to she wants to go on trips mm-hmm. we have gone on trips we've been on amazing trips yeah yeah we spent like what we spent like 10 days in chile that mm-hmm. was like the last international trip i've taken yeah was in 2000 like i think that was 2018 yeah, down yeah. in chile with her and that was freaking That's rad awesome. like we drove down the like we drove yeah. down the pan-american highway for several days the atacama desert yeah it's nuts awesome it was, but she's a little bit more like practical, right? Like logical. Like let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like why not? I'm like please. Yeah. Like we'll be fine. Like come on, let's do some Bitcoin. Yeah, and yeah. Go on a boat somewhere. Right. You know. We're yeah, like yeah. no, we can't. You're like I know we can't, but <laughs> I want to I so want bad. To, yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. But no, that's why. But that's 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 why she, that's why I married her though. She's yeah, yeah. definitely taught me. Everything I have learned in that's good in the last three years has been from her. That's awesome. Man, like totally changed my life. Different person. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. It is. I'm glad to hear it. It is. 
Yeah, man. You know, life's always those. It's like challenges at mm-hmm. you, and it can get tough. Like this past year for me and my like my family and myself, my wife has been extraordinarily difficult. Mm-hmm. Close friends and family, yeah. pets dying around us, and mm-hmm. all kinds of things happening. My wife lost her job to COVID. Yeah. She was in a high level sales position mm-hmm. for a company in New York selling in the hospitality business right worst business that's to all be in i during need to COVID. say it, you <laughs> yeah. know like, right we've just we've gone through like immense change yeah. in the last year and we're still here and i've never been so tapped into my spiritual side as mm-hmm. i am now i'm i've learned so much about myself and my yeah. life and the way i want things to be and the mm-hmm. and what i thought i wanted right I don't. Yeah. And the things that I thought I needed to do, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's a life's a bit of a roller coaster, but um, it's 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 still it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's a pretty fun. Journey. You have a business. Figuring doing, this out. Doing well. Seem to be figuring it out. I right? mean, and having this business here in, OK, in OKC has been an amazing experience. Just with with my experience I already had coming in and being right. a, and just being able to kind of hit the ground running mm-hmm. like I had my I had my office space already leased out before I even moved yeah. here you know like I was ready to rock and roll yeah, I had yeah, the yeah. website going already I had everything I had picked up the I like moved here drove a Penske truck from New York City to here with all of our stuff from our apartment dropped the truck and drove got in my sister's car with her and she yeah. drove me to Texas to go pick up our first moving truck. So right. like, cause it we was, had like, it was, it was all, I mean, yeah. it was immediate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was immediate. And, uh, coming here and there being such a difference in the city and the volume of mm-hmm. people and everything has just, has taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, it's been cool, man. It's been yeah. super cool. And just, uh, it's been super easy to keep my business organic as well. You know, like uh, yeah. business owners out there too. Like, don't spend a bunch of money in digital marketing. Like, don't give all your money to Google. Like, just yeah. go and meet some people. Go and shake some hands. Especially yeah. like if you're in a smaller place. Like, it's not very hard. It'll go a lot, a lot. You'll build better relationships, and it'll go a lot further and a lot longer. A lot further, a yeah, lot yeah. longer. And there's so many amazing people here. Oh my mm. goodness. Yeah. But yeah, man. Um, Thanks, man. I appreciate sharing. I appreciate uh, you. There's some good stories there. I love it. And for people listening, the business is Sherpa Moving OKC, and I'll, I'll put the link to that in the, in the description as well as social media channels. Uh, and you can hit Jesse up for all your moving needs uh, and storage too, which is really cool. So, um, but yeah, man, I really appreciate it. There's a lot there. Um, you've done the scene a lot, more than a lot of people, right? There's people listening are like, man, I hate it's this guy. Fun. He's been everywhere. Man, it's been <laughs> but fun. you got I've, some great stories. I've been through hell back, yeah, yeah, yeah. but and usually on my own, you know, when you're when you're really blazing your own trail, I mean, it is it's all on you, man. So right. man, I've messed up a lot. I've I've hurt people. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these things, but yeah. I've learned from it all and I've become a better person from it. Definitely. Much smarter, much stronger. Yeah. And life experience I mean, is a great thing, right? It really is. It yeah. really is. But people listening, if you have any questions or, I mean, just want to talk to Jesse about anything that he's mentioned today, um, like I said, I'll put the information and you can reach out. But um, again, man, thanks for coming and sharing. I really appreciate it. Mike, you're a um, great guy. I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. And for people listening, we'll catch you next episode. 
Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.